Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the problem. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. Gang, let's get the show on the road. The Sunday night rant tonight. I am going to give you a great script or dialogue for real estate agents to use. And um, I will try and find the winner of this dialogue. I can't find it. I've searched over Facebook. But the reason I'm going to use it is I used it on Saturday and it worked and it came across so real and authentic and people got it and that is, my friends, what a script and dialogue is supposed to be. A script and dialogue is about telling the truth efficiently. A script and dialogue is about actually using 30 words, not 5,000 words. So, right now, guys and girls, I have to tell you, Everyone that's watching this, that is a real estate agent. Hello, Robbie Travato. Good to see you, my friend. What a good auctioneer he is. Travato. I think people, I think people that work in the same same space never actually give compliments to other people that work in the same space. Because in some ways they don't do that because they think if I actually give someone a compliment, does it actually diminish my position a little bit? I actually think. Good people actually give credit to people that are their competitors or people that, even if they're not competitors, do good work in the same category or industry. I think if you've got abundance mindset, if you think to yourself there's a lot of work out there, you won't spend too much time worrying about knocking someone down because you're too far intent on doing your own thing. So... By the way, let me give you the script on dialogue that I used on Saturday. Uh, Vendor was about $30,000 short. They'd already had around $900,000. So I think, forget the numbers for a moment. Let's actually, let's just use this one because I'm going to use exactly the winner on the Facebook prize of the script. Here's how the dialogue works. Have a listen to it. You got a Vendor, right? They want 970, but you've only got 950. You're at an auction situation, right? Picture it. They want 970, you've got 950. You turn around and you say to them this, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, based on the situation at the moment, negative media, an up and coming election, negative gearing as a potential policy that is going to be abolished. All that says to me that we've got 950,000. Right now, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I have $950,000 of your money in my hands. Are we going to risk this $950,000 for $20,000. Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, can I just say to you, do you think it would be wise gambling to go to the casino with $950,000 to put it on a number 
with the hope of just winning another $20,000. Guys and girls, can I say to you, the reason why that script works is it has the same psychology that Daniel Kahneman talks about, that people feel more pain losing a dollar than pleasure winning a dollar. Understand this is how people make decisions. So this is becoming very... And by the way, Michael Tringali, who um, gave me an extension on the dialogue I was just talking about, where he said he's actually used it, where he says to owners, do you think it would make good logical sense to go to the casino to risk $950,000 with the intent of trying to win $20,000? So guys and girls, I'm really pleased to let you know that in 2019, we've made the decision that the real estate gym will incorporate face-to-face sessions as well as um, being a video coaching platform. And we're going to have script school uh, happening consistently. And we're picking um, 18 mentors that are going to do live webinars throughout. And I'm pleased to let you know that we're keeping our investment at $620 for the year as part of your whole coaching program. Really excited. So those that are gym members, um, I wanted to uh, let you know that that's part of the plan. And in addition to that, new gym members, the doors are closed now, but at some point in November or December, we're gonna take an intake for 2019. So I wanna talk to you a little bit about Uh, a strategy that I increasingly try and use as I've gotten older, and it's called buy reaction time. Buy reaction time. B-U-Y reaction time. Hello, Marco Fabrizio. I heard you did an incredible presentation. Unfortunately, I wasn't um, around at um, at, uh, the time that you're speaking, so I'm looking forward to seeing the video. Um, Hello, Bill. Hello, uh, Angie. Hello to everyone. Um, I want to talk to you about buying reaction time. One of the most important things that you've got to do is try and make logical decisions. And the way that you make logical decisions is always try and buy time. And the reason I say it is that as Warren Buffett said in the post I posted uh, last night, that one of the things you've got to do is let things happen, step away, and um, either let it pass or make a rational decision, not an emotional decision. So whenever you have the ability, always say to people, leave it with me and I'm going to give it some strong thought and I'll come back to you. Very important. And I'll tell you why. Because otherwise you're going to be making an emotional decision. Now, guys and girls... I want to let you know that you'll make... Let me just tell you how I've made some really dumb decisions in life. I've got to tell you this, that there was a time... Yes, I can see all your comments. Thanks, guys. If I don't acknowledge any of you, it's because I'm trying to stay focused on delivering some useful content for this 20 minutes. So um, I want to talk about group bias. Group bias is when you are in a group of people... And this group of people could be a political party, right? You could be part of a political party. And what happens is you get brainwashed and you believe that 
everything that group says is right. Even though maybe some of the things are logically right and other things are illogical, but when you are in a group, you can have what is called group bias. Now, this can happen, as I said, in a political party. For instance, you know, let's face it, Adolf Hitler, only 70, 80 years ago, was able to brainwash a lot of people. That is an example of group bias. People that join, you know, various cults, that becomes group bias. You can also have group bias. I mean, in the most extreme example, I mean, I remember many years ago, I was, you know, um, would have been like, let's say this is probably about 32 years ago. I was out partying at the Horton Pavilion and that's, you know, where there used to be a lot of dance parties in the um, mid uh, to late 80s. And it could, you, you, you could, you could, Steve Jojaka's group buyers, you, if you, you could, you could be with a group of seven or eight people, right? And you could be intoxicated. And then one of the, one of the person comes up with an idea, this incredible idea that you're going to go, you're going to go, you know, here tonight. And then you're going to go to another place tonight. And then you're going to go there and you're going to go there. And you come up with this incredible, and everyone sort of jumps in. And before you know it, you've got this stupid, you got this stupid, stupid, stupid idea of what you're going to be doing, right? Um, and this is all happens through group things. So the first thing that I want you to understand that changes and affects making bad decision is called group bias. The second one is a thing called appearance bias. We can make decisions based on the people that we're speaking to. For instance, you will find what something that someone wealthy says might be more believable, okay? Or someone attractive. This is important because what you need to know is that the appearance of the person affects the believability, the how, how much you believe the message. And then you've got what is called confirmation bias. And confirmation bias is, let's actually call it conviction bias, that you already have a thought in your head, right? It could be uh, um, um, all people that live in that suburb are idiots, right? So what actually happens is that when you're out and about, what you're doing is you are looking at things to validate your decision. So we all have these prejudices that come into us. And what I want you to understand is the importance of making an emotional decision versus a logical decision. And this is going to bring me to my next point where I want to say to you that probably one of my biggest things that it's taken me like 30, 35 years to learn is the difference between being short-sighted and far-sighted. Example, let's look at things like two main things that go on in the world at the moment. Let's say global warming. And let's talk about the war on terror. So the war on terror is in your face, so it matters more to you. Global warming is something that may not matter in your lifetime so you don't care that much about it. So what this says is this, as human beings, our behavior is far more impacted on 
things that are going to affect us in the short term versus being farsighted. Why is this important? Because as I get older, I begin to realize that being a farsighted person has helped me far more importantly than being a short-sighted person. An example of this is, you know, those of you that are listening here right now that are real estate agents, right? Just think about this concept. The concept is very simple, that tomorrow that you, many of you will get on the phones to do a thing called prospecting. And what will happen is that you'll actually sit there, you'll stare at the phone, you'll procrastinate, you'll actually potentially get interrupted and go get a cup of coffee and leave that, right? Because this is a far-sighted activity. Whereas a short-sighted activity, such as you having an appointment with a client tomorrow at 10 o'clock, you're not inclined to cancel that and go get a coffee. Why? Because the consequences are there in the short term. I want you to begin to understand this concept of far versus short-sighted. And what you'll notice, that when you start looking as a far-sighted person, you're going to have beginning with the end in mind. And what will happen is the behavior and the action steps you take will be in line with this far-sighted vision. Short action steps to achieve a far-sighted vision. Let's move on to another law I'd like to speak to you about, and that is the law of grandiosity. And this is one I see in real estate all the time. The land of grandiosity is that um, you become so like uh, many of you know that I've moved to a far more spiritual realm in recent times, probably over the last few years. Um, and I have to say to you, one of the most profound things that was ever said to me by a monk, and it's actually also been said by another spiritual author, I'm not quite sure if it was Wayne Dwyer or Deepak Chopra, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. So essentially, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. Why is that important? I'll explain to you. Because I think that if you've got a spiritual layer to you, you will understand and appreciate that whenever you've got good stuff that happens in your life. You're not going to get grandiose and you're not going to disconnect from reality, which a lot of people do, because they believe it's how smart they are, or they believe that they've got this unique ability that no one else has got, right? I think people that have got a spiritual perspective and become successful understand that there are lots of reasons that that happened and maybe their intelligence is part of those reasons, but it's not all the reasons. The reasons include other people, your team that's helped you. And I hope you realize watching this video, I have never ever seen a successful person without having an epic team behind them. They also would have had mentors they also would have actually had a little bit of timing and luck. The marketplace would also have been there for them 
at that time. So you've got all these factors. And that's what a spiritual person does. But a person that is someone that, you know, is narcissistic or someone that is, you know, full of grandiose believes it is just them. And this is the sort of person that loses total touch with reality. The other thing I'm going to touch on before I finish today is this. I want you to understand that one of the most stupidest things that you can do is to deny that you're going to die. I think that that is dumb. Like to ignore and deny the fact that you're going to die. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe that fact, I suggest that you Google it at the end of this Sunday night rant. Get on your device and Google, has anyone not died? Um, or as Lisa Novak says, or live to die. I actually find that I embrace mortality. And the reason why I embrace it is that it helps you live a top life. It helps you to take um, to take things in perspective. It helps you understand not to waste time. It helps you appreciate to care about people who are going to cry at your funeral, right? So for me, embracing mortality is in fact um, a strength and not a weakness. And I also want to leave on this point. Someone I was speaking to on Friday um, said to me that they'd been working 75, 80 hours a week for the last 10, 15 years for this company. It's not their company. It's someone else's company. And, um, you know, it had a big impact in their life. But, you know, they sort of felt, you know, morally obligated, you know, to the company and, they felt like they were part of the company and went on. And I just looked at that person and I just said, listen, I want to let you know, one week after you die, your job's going to be advertised on Seek. I think it's important that people understand. You've got to... You've got to have a life of design, not a life of accident. That's what I really preach to people that are watching me on a Sunday night rant. I'm hoping that you understand that your life is like a blank canvas and you have the ability to be like a movie director and write your own script. And I want you to understand, start where you're at. Start where you're at. And I can tell you from someone who's had massive pain in life, I don't care where you are right now. Hey, Snowy, I want you to understand. I had a coaching session with a group of girls on Saturday afternoon after my auctions. And one of them said, Tom, you know, like I remember you as being, you know, you know, quite different. You were like 110 or 120 kilos and um, you seem to have, you know, changed 
explained to me about that process, I said, all I can say to you is that um, it happened like in an instant. I mean, change happens in an instant. Sometimes you get so down, rock bottom, that you say, enough. And I still clearly remember the day on Missenden Road in Newtown. What I did is I walked into a 7-Eleven shop. I got myself an exercise book on a piece of paper. I wrote down dickheads and supporters. On one side, dickheads. On the other side, supporters. And I quickly got rid of all the dickheads in my life. I didn't ring them up and say, you're a dickhead. I'm not dealing with you. All I did was I slowly stopped my connection, stopped returning phone calls, stopped meeting up. And before you know it, I basically had a new group of people that were in my life who were the supporters. The next thing I did is I rewrote my agreement with reality. I said, I want to understand, Tom, in 12 months time, on the 26th of October, 2019, if my life looked perfect, write a letter back to myself describing my weight, my investments, my relationships, my spiritual life, my holidays, what car am I driving, what properties am I owning, and on a simple exercise book of four pages, I rewrote my agreement with reality. This all happened over a two-hour meeting with myself. So I suppose what I'm saying I don't know where you are in life right now, but never ever forget, the past does not equal the future. Never forget, the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. I want you to understand that and be super clear. The next thing is, I want you to get super clear and understand, if it's got to be, it's up to me. You need to make the decision yourself. The next thing you need to do is this. You've got to get super clear. And that picture in 12 months time needs to have so much clarity that it springs you out of bed. And the last thing I'll say is this. Factor 30 days of hard work because that's what it's going to take for you to move from where you are now to be the sort of person to have the real results you want. This is super critical. Good to see you, Tanay. Good to see you, Nora, as well. Set yourself a push goal. A push goal is a single goal that if you achieve this goal each day will have a profound impact in the rest of your life. For me, the push goal was very simple. It was wake up early at 5 a.m., exercise, and win the first hour. Because if you win the first hour, you win the day. And I have to say to you, 30 days later, I thought to myself, where have you been morning ritual all these decades? I haven't looked back. Change your morning ritual and you change your life. Change your evening ritual and you change your life. 
May I basically just say to you, you know what success is? Nothing happens until you change your daily rituals. Become a person of habit, not a person of discipline. Why? Because sometimes discipline's going to not be there for you. Willpower, sometimes it's not going to be there for you. But I'm telling you that process trumps motivation any day of the week. Set yourself processes. Diarize them. For God's sake, get a, get a diary. Schedule things, you know. You know, schedule. I'm not saying build a... I'm not saying go off and build an ideal week that looks like a jail or an ideal week that looks like some probation you know, system at a prison. I'm talking about, you know, building some sort of week that's got this fine ratio between reward and responsibility. I'm talking about having, you know, never forget what gets scheduled gets done. That's what I'm talking about in essence, right? So, um, and I'm going to say that what happens in the process is basically you're rewiring how you think and what you do. And I mean, you've got processes of thoughts and you've got processes of actions. And before you know it, you become this process-driven person. So, um, and I have to say to you, tell you straight, the year that I've had with my own issues, the year that I've had with my brother's issues, I have to say to you, if I didn't have incredible structures and processes and habits I uh, I don't know what I'd be doing. So guys and girls, I want to thank you again. Press that share button. If you thought some of that content there was... Sh- and by the way, if you don't know how to press the share button, Mark Novak actually gave me some good advice the other day. He says, mate, I think you need to actually explain to people, down the bottom of your screen, there's a button called share... Just press that share button. Um, and I thank you so much for sharing it. And I always have a look at who shares it. Um, so guys and girls, thank you so much. Um, at the moment, what am I reading? Fierce Conversations. That's what I'm reading. Do me a favor, guys and girls. Don't spend too much. Those of you who are in real estate, you know what they said? Save your money for a rainy day. I think it's been raining and it's going to rain for a little lot longer. Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday night rant every week at 8.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million-dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next 